0: Uh, Last week uh, it was announced that uh, uh, first the U.S. said they were going to have a diplomatic boycott of the upcoming Olympic Games in Beijing. Then uh, Canada joined in, Australia, U.K., um, so it looks like uh, that's gaining some momentum. We'll see what the final count is by the time the Games finally roll around in February. But um, certainly some of the West uniting and saying we will not be sending diplomats to the Beijing Games. Our athletes are going to go, but we're not going to send any Dignitaries, VIPs, anything like that. Now, how effective will that be? Is there a better way to do this? We're going to chat now with Dr. Robert Huish, who is an associate professor in international development studies at Dalhousie University. Doctor, thank you for your time this morning. Appreciate you joining us.
1: Good morning. Pleasure to talk to you.
0: Okay, so uh, it started with the U.S., and of course, it spread slowly but surely, and uh, most of the allies on board. Now, Um, is this an effective way of going about expressing your dissatisfaction or at least trying to make a difference, or is this just another half measure?
1: Yeah, it is absolutely not effective at all. Uh, and there's a a bunch of reasons for this. Uh, it's something that I'd I'd have a lot of questions for whoever advised the Biden administration this is the way forward. And here's the first point. First off, we're talking about boycotts as a form of pressure against China to change policies. And we're talking big policies. We're talking human rights violations, uh, accusations of genocide in the western part of China, pressure on Hong Kong, pressure on Taiwan, pressure in the South Pacific Sea. So by retracting diplomats from mostly ceremonial events associated with the Olympics, I'm not sure how in any way that is going to create the sort of pressure against China or against Beijing to change its policies. And as you said, it's a half measure. Uh, the, the, that's the, sort of the first problem, is that in terms of boycotting, this is not really the best strategy to use the Olympics as the forum for it. But the bigger concern comes from this, is that when this symbolic uh, boycott was, was issued, China quickly said, oh, there will be retaliation in some way or another. And for anyone who's paid attention to politics in Beijing for the last five to ten years, yeah. when there's a promise of retaliation, there will be a deliverable of retaliation. Okay. The question is how, and where, and when. And that's
0: the concern. I mean, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the thing. How far could that go realistically? I mean, we, we, we know the two Michaels in our country, yeah. and, and people are saying, oh goodness, Connor McDavid's I mean, are we going to see Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews plucked off the street? There's no chance of that happening, right?
1: Well, there there could be, and there's a couple factors to this, and it might not be just a, a you know a brazen abduction in that sort of sense. But just look at the, the the way that the the chips have fallen here. So where the Beijing Olympics are going to take place, they call it closed loop management. So that means nobody in or out of the Olympic Park uh, unless they're coming in from outside of the country. So even Chinese athletes have to quarantine there for 14 days. So there's no free movement with with you know in or out of the place. Right. So they got. To, locked lockdown. Now, the second thing
0: is, is that there's a few facts. Oh, Sarah, we lost him. Sarah's on it. She's going to get him back. Don't worry. We'll get the guests back. I. This is the question that I have, is how much risk are we actually putting our athletes at when China says that they will respond with firm countermeasures? What does that mean? Um, I, I can't imagine that, you know, our athletes our Olympic athletes, are at risk. I mean, that just seems to me to be beyond beyond imagination. But let's see. We've got him back. Dr. Hi Robert Huish. Hi, hi there, hi Doc. There. Thanks for calling yeah. back. Um, no,
1: no, no, no problem at all. Um, so I guess the big concern here is that if an athlete were to test positive for COVID, yeah. Uh, with, what would the rules then be? 14-day uh, quarantine, that's definitely guaranteed. Could there be something else afterwards? We're not sure. And the big thing that always is a concern with the Olympics is doping, doping and narcotics. Yes. Even in this, uh, this, the, the Summer Olympics in Tokyo, there were four people who were detained in Japan for, for cocaine possession. And doping and narcotics in China is very, very serious business. So that's where most foreigners are detained in China for that. So could there be some sort of uh, a trip up with uh, a COVID uh, positive test? Could there be a doping allegation? Could that trigger detention? And it might. Uh, Now, the biggest problem with this is we've also seen that China in the past, if they've got a problem with the United States, they don't necessarily attack the United States or put pressure on directly. Instead, they'll put pressure on the allies. And now that Australia... Canada, the U.K. have all fallen into step, these are the countries whose athletes and whose uh, diplomats who are maybe not in the Olympics or anyone else a part of the Olympic delegation themselves, that's who the target would be on.
0: And we've seen that before. I mean, like we mentioned the two Michaels before, that was an entire proxy battle, if you will, between China and the United States that Canada was stuck in the middle of. You could see that happen again, you're saying?
1: Exactly. It's, It's what we call a proxy punching bag. So we've seen similar pressure put on Australia. There was a lot of terraforms that were going on between uh, China and Australia when, when Australia was purchasing these, uh, these submarines and, and there's other economic dealings with the U.S., and so China said, well, we're going to start boycotting your beef and, yeah. and your wine in that way. So this is something that is old hat for China, and it, usually it's targeting key industries. If it's going to be canola fields uh, or if it's going to be Atlantic lobster or Australian beef or New Zealand wine, but... They're also not impervious to putting pressure on athletes. And I'm just thinking to the track record that China has shown about singling out athletes in the U.S. who have already spoken out about their human rights issues, in particular the Houston Rockets and the Boston Celtics. Uh, Both teams were effectively boycotted.
0: So they've done things like this before. Um, So an all-out boycott is really the only way that, if you really want to send a message and you really want to do something and not put your own athletes at risk, it should be a full-on boycott then.
1: Exactly. I mean, the one, one thing to do would just be to have the Olympics as the stadium to create this political turmoil, just to, just to have gone by it. Well, Too late for that now. Mr. Biden has has gone down this road. China has promised retaliation and other countries have joined on board. So I think that the one thing in terms of making it more effective and to protect and ensure the safety of all of our athletes, if it's here, if it's in the U.S., U.K. or Australia, would be to to withdraw the, the, the teams right now. Because if there's a real serious concern about the way that China is... Governing its people, the way it's pressuring others in its region, uh, then it's got to be all or nothing. Uh, these sort of half measures—they don't work. They haven't worked, and they won't work again.
0: Um, what? Tell me about this Olympic truce. I mean, again, I don't know how much stock you can put in, but what is it? I mean, your piece was the first time I even heard of it.
1: Right. So, the Olympic truce actually goes back. Uh, quite a ways to the ancient olympics so the ones in in greece that were back in the days of the of the stoics now uh... of course the modern olympics that uh, started up just around the turn of the 20th century uh... that clause wasn't actually adopted until after world war ii and what the the olympic truce was meant to be uh... was a clause that participating nations would sign on to allow free passage of their athletes to the games and out, and also for the host nation to respect all rights of athletes who are participating there. And this was a completely a reaction to the, to the Iron Curtain, the mm-hmm. Berlin Wall, that, of course, the games would be uh, taking place on either side of that as they were. So it's usually just a ceremonial... Decree, but it does have some teeth. It, it shows that uh, politics are going to be put aside for two weeks. And again, those countries who have gone into this partial boycott of the Olympics have not signed the Olympic right. truth. Yeah. Uh, it's usually these little tiny uh, documents that are sort of arbitrary that suddenly become <laughs> really important once tensions start to boil over.
0: Um, in terms of anticipating a response from China, as you said, they've promised there will be one. Um, do we have, it in terms of timeline, I mean, we know they're a patient regime and they'll, they'll do what serves them best on their own schedule. So, I mean, will it be, are you anticipating they might take some action during the games, post-games? What do, you th- what do you think might happen here?
1: My guess would be it will be either just before or just in the final days of the games. Uh, and again, we're, we're sort of looking for that excuse for arbitrary detention. Right. Uh, not too much of a crystal ball that we have here, but you think about the strategy of even putting people in arbitrary detention. It does two things. It sends a message to other countries to say, don't mess with us. We're very much in control of our own area. And two, it sends a reinforcing message to people within China to say, we are, you know, an authority, we are uh, we're powerful, and we do not tolerate this sort of bothersome behavior from other nations. And that's the key to it. And I don't think Mr. Biden's advisors thought about what it looks like within China in terms of the symbolic importance of exercising strength right now.
0: Right, exactly, yeah. Uh, Doctor, thank you so much for your time. Great discussion. I appreciate you joining us.